Hey, Valley family, welcome to The New Normal. This is a series uh, that we've been in last couple weeks. This is the third week uh, in this series, and uh, I'm really excited. We're going to be sharing with you our strategic plan of opening up Valley, uh, and uh, times are changing, and we're stepping into uh, the new normal, no question about that. And, uh, you know, during this coronavirus uh, pandemic, really, so much has changed, there's no question about it, and that's what this, this series is really about, just kind of embracing that change. Uh, as difficult as this has been and literally heartbreaking for some that have lost loved ones, family members, um, God's been doing an awful lot. He didn't send this, I don't believe that, uh, but, but God's moving, and God's doing some pretty major things uh, as a result of what's going on right now. Uh, all around us. And uh, I've heard it put this way before, always look for the opportunities to serve in the middle of chaos. And of course, we're doing that, Valley Family, you're doing that through our Spread Hope Outreach. We gave you an update last week in our online campus about that. And uh, and we, we are just seeing so many opportunities, so many of you that discovered Valley Christian Church as a result of this stay-home order uh, that that happened, you know, almost three months ago, uh, really right now. And and one thing about crisis is this, crisis accelerates progress. Crisis accelerates progress, and and that's pretty wild uh, to think about, as I'm about to share with you the plan of of opening up our church in line with all the guidelines and uh, uh, restrictions even, on a federal level, state level, and even a local county level, we're not going to push back against those things. We believe as a church that this is one of the great opportunities that we have to love our neighbor as ourselves, And we're not going to claim, you know, we've got certain rights or push the envelope or disregard guidelines in the sake of having a service uh, that's going to put other people in jeopardy. Uh, I don't think Jesus would do that. I don't think we should do that. And the last thing that we want is, is you know, goodness gracious, to, to see some sort of spike happen uh, because we just ignored the guidelines that were given to us. And so uh, I'm going to be sharing that in just a minute. Uh, before I do, I kind of want to set kind of a framework for us in the new normal, uh, reminding us who we are as, as a church. And uh, if you have your Valley app, go ahead, open that up, and I I think you're going to want to follow along with this message especially uh, to be able to look back on it. I'm calling this message Ancient Future Faith. It's going to make a lot of sense in just a moment. Ancient Future Faith. And uh, here at Valley, we talk about the Valley Way oftentimes, the the Valley Way, and that's not just a hashtag. That's not just something that, you know, uh, we're trying to be cute or, or anything. But there is definitely a valley way. And, and I have to say, you know, this week uh, on, on May the 20th, celebrating 30 years as a pastor here at Valley, I, I think if I don't understand the valley way, nobody understands the valley way. Our church is 45 years old. Uh, in, in September will be our 45th anniversary of our church. Uh, I, I have been a pastor for 30 of those years, of those 45, 
I've been a member for all 45 of those years as our church started in the living room of my parents' home in here in Hopewell Junction, the home I grew up in, right off of Angie Drive. House is still there today. I'll tell a little bit more about that story in just a minute. But uh, the Valley Way, I came up with eight words, just eight specific words that kind of are descriptive of what the Valley Way is. And I want to share it with you again. If you found us since the coronavirus, uh, welcome. We're so glad you're a part of us, the Valley family, or, or maybe you're a longtime attender for 20 years or, or even more than that, 10 years or, or whatever. Let me give you a few descriptive words for the Valley Way. What is the Valley Way? Well, first of all, it's scriptural. Uh, we go back to the Bible. What does the Bible have to say? What does God's Word have to say? That's where objective truth is that doesn't change. And, and so we, we, we don't, you know, I don't preach out of Sports Illustrated or the Daily News or something like that. It, it's scriptural. Uh, so, so everything we do here, we want to see where is this in the Bible, not what is the tradition, you know, not, not what, you know, what's been kind of like what we've done in the past, where is this in the Bible. The second thing is the Valley Way is relational. And that's what I think has made this so difficult, this stay home order, is because it's really hard, we've done the best that we can, but it's really hard to grow relationally with other people, you know, even in a Zoom call. Uh, you know, does anyone else, uh, do you remember when Zoom was cool back about three months ago? <laughs> it's not cool anymore. It's exhausting. In fact, they now have a clinical, like, word for it, you know, phrase for it, Zoom fatigue. Uh, and and uh, it's really hard to grow relationally, you know, through social media and all that stuff as much as we've been doing and just trying. Thank God we have that. Can you imagine if we didn't? But, but see, our church has always been a relational church. In other words, what we say is this, we're not a church with small groups. That's not some, oh yeah, that's, that's something we do on the side. We're a church of small groups of small groups, and our small groups have been active all through this time as well. I think we're 40 or 50 small groups that have just been continuing, you know, to meet and FaceTime and Zoom and, and all different platforms like that, but, but it's all about we're relational, and as Christians, we should be the most relational people on the earth, and, and when you think about it, the uh, uh, My Valley stories that we've been showing, isn't it so interesting? We just ask people, just share your story. There's a common thread through all of them. I came to Valley, I joined a group. I came to Valley the first time and then I joined a group. And, and it's our groups, our relationships are the glue that holds the Valley family together. Not that we're perfect, just like any family, we're not perfect, but it's in those relationships that we grow. And, and so the Valley way is scriptural, the Valley way is relational. The next one is the Valley way is practical. Because, you know, again, these messages on Sunday, things that we do here, it's all about how we're supposed to live. It's not about just our time on Sunday together, but, but how does God want us to live? And so it's scriptural, it's relational, it's practical. Here's the next one. The Valley Way is also multicultural. Multicultural. Do you know that uh, in the United States today, a church is defined as a multicultural church if... Uh, whatever the majority uh, ethnicity is, is anything less than 80%. Whatever the majority is, if it's less than 80%, that's considered multicultural. In other words, uh, let's say b because I'm white, I'm Anglo, uh, that uh, 
if, if the majority of Valley Christian Church is less than 80% white, it's considered multicultural, okay? That definition, you take that, only 5% of churches in America are multicultural. Only 5%. Whatever the majority ethnicity is, if it's less than 80%, all the other ethnicities together are, are more than 20%. That's considered multicultural, and there's only 5% of churches in America that are considered multicultural. Our, our church actually, and, and I think white is the majority ethnicity, and we're about 51% white. 51% white, which by the way, we're in Hopewell Junction is where our church building is, and, and church, uh, Hopewell Junction is still 94% white. This is something that's very, very important to us, that we are a multicultural church because the Bible says that that's what heaven's gonna be. Like uh, People gather together around the throne of God from every nation, tongue, and tribe. And so we just feel like when we gather together, when we're allowed to do that, you know, uh, that, that it's multicultural. It's always supposed to be that way. It's just a taste of heaven. And so it's also transformational. Transformational, in other words, you know, we have this rule here, uh, no perfect people are allowed. At the same time, we're all allowing the Holy Spirit to change our lives, to transform our lives. And, and so God accepts us just the way we are. And then when we receive Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us and begins to change us and transform our life and our character. So there's this expectation uh, in the Valley family, the Valley way, that who I was yesterday is not who I'm going to be tomorrow because God's doing something in my life today. Let me just say that again. There's this expectation of who I was yesterday is not who I'm going to be tomorrow because God's doing something in my life today. Now, that's pretty good. That wasn't even my notes. I probably ought to write that down. Uh, but uh, that, So it's transformational. God's transforming our lives. And, and then also, you know what? The, is we're generational. We have so many families in our church family that, that are three generations worshiping Jesus Christ together. And you know what? If we're not generational, our church is going to die. Plain and simple. If we're just one generation, our church is going to die in one generation. And, and, and so we're three generations. We're multi-generational as well. And then we're also invitational. And, and what does invitational mean? That means not only do we give a clear gospel presentation, and we try to, every single message that we have, invite people uh, to take that step of faith, that first step of faith to receive Christ as their Savior, but also we try to create a culture and an environment where you feel comfortable inviting your friends. You know, uh, that wasn't always the case in this church. That's not always the case in all churches. You know, sometimes there's so much insider language and, and, and you have to learn all these different words and phrases. In, in a lot of churches, they have churchy words and, uh, and this sort of thing that, man, you invite a friend from work, they have no idea. They don't even understand what's being talked about. And I remember years and years ago hearing this statement, and it's something I try to practice, and that is, speak as though the neighborhood was present, and one day they will be. And so, you know, I've got two master's degrees, two doctorate degrees, I, I, theology, I love all that stuff, you know what, but, but I understand this, a lot of that is just talking above people's heads if you don't make it real practical if you don't make it real clear, so that people feel comfortable inviting 
their friends as well. So we're invitational. And the final thing is this, we're missional. We're on a mission. We're here to make a difference in our community. We're here to, to change the community that we live in. We're, we're here missionally. We're on a mission from God. We're here, here missionally, watch this now, to make it difficult for people to live in this community and to die without knowing Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's the mission that we're on. And, and so I think these words really kind of describe the valley way. Scriptural, relational, practical, multicultural, transformational, generational, invitational, and missional. Now, now, back in the fall, I know that the staff here thought I was probably going crazy because we just, I, I felt this urgency inside from God just leading, God just leading me that, that we needed to make a lot of changes behind the scenes with just how we were doing what we're doing because the message is holy, the gospel is holy, but our methods, those are always subject to change. And, and so from September to December, that time frame, we actually reorganized the entire church staff, we reimagined our whole entire approach to groups, and we started training new leaders. We also refreshed our growth track, and I just had this, this sense of urgency inside that 2020 was gonna be really, really big, and we had to get all of this done before January 1st of 2020. Now, I had no idea it was gonna be what's turned out to be, you know, almost half the year is, is gone now, and, and man, this is not the year that we were all thinking, all these plans that we had. But uh, made all these different changes. And, and back in October, I'll, I'll never forget this, there's a dear family that uh, actually rents a, like a summer home up here. They live in Manhattan. And, and back in October, they had come, we just started, uh, they're, they're here all summer long, and they came the first Saturday in October. It's just so vivid in my mind because that's when we started every single week our Saturday morning prayer. And they drove all the way up from Manhattan just to pray with us at 8 a.m. Just think about that level of commitment. And, uh, and, and so I saw them and I knew them normally they're just here in the summer. And after we were done, I went up and I talked to them and I said, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, we didn't want to miss this. We heard you're starting, you know, the Saturday morning prayer we want to be a part. And, and then they asked me this question. I'll never forget this. This is October, y'all, eight months ago. They said, have you ever thought about starting a campus in Manhattan? We'd love to have a Valley Christian Church campus closer to us. And I said, no, I never have. I said, but, you know, never say never. Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, I'll certainly pray about it. And that was it. Just a little conversation. The next day, this phrase kept going through my mind. Rapid multiplication strategy. Rapid multiplication strategy. And I began to work on what at that time I thought was a plan that I felt like God was leading me in, a rapid multiplication strategy for Valley Christian Church so that we could actually go from, say, three locations, Hopewell, Poughkeepsie, and our online campus, to multiply almost overnight, extend the influence of Valley Christian Church. Eight months I've been working on this plan, and, and it was about six weeks ago that when the first conversation started happening about opening up America, that I felt like God say, remember that rapid multiplication strategy you're working on back in October? That's for right now. 
And that's what I want to share with you. Because here's the thing. God is moving. God is speaking. Listen, I didn't have to Google what a church should do. What's a church supposed to do to open up? I didn't have to call some denominational headquarters, hey, what do you guys think I ought to do? You know why I didn't have to do that? Because God's speaking today. God is moving today. I didn't have to learn what are other churches doing or anything because God was speaking. What I'm going to share with you in just a moment, this is eight months in the making. Eight months. God knew. I didn't know. I didn't know. But God knew. Rapid multiplication strategy. And that's what I want to share with you right now. Valley's microsite strategy for ancient future faith. Valley's microsite. That's a new word probably to almost all of us. I actually have already shared this with about 80 different families in our church. You know, 80 out of maybe uh, 400 families. Uh, but uh, kind of some key leaders and influential people in our church Valley's microsite. We have multi-site, Hopewell and Poughkeepsie, and then online, microsite. That is, just renamed it, the rapid multiplication strategy I've been working on for eight months. The, the leadership of the church, uh, the elders, I shared this with them about six weeks ago. They're so excited about it. Shared it with the staff. We've been working crazy hard on this ever since and, and have actually already behind the scenes for a few weeks now been training leaders for our microsite strategy and it's ancient future because we're kind of going back to the future think about house churches in the bible house churches in the bible that's how not only did the christian church christianity began in house churches but that's how this church started 45 years ago 45 years ago it's actually even before that it was more like 47 48 years ago when my family, my dad was an engineer at Georgia Pacific and was transferred from Brunswick, Georgia, up here to this area of New York to a plant in Peekskill, New York, found the house in Hopewell, and when we moved in, the neighbors came to the house, welcomed my family to the neighborhood, and my mom and dad are standing there, and they asked them a question. They said, do you know the Bible? And my dad said, yeah, I know the Bible. He'd been a head deacon at First Baptist Church in Brunswick for, for many years. Baptist, they, man, they know the Bible. And they said, he said, why do you ask? He said, we've been praying that whoever bought this house, when it was put up for sale, whoever bought this house would know the Bible and be able to teach us the Bible. How about that? My dad said, why don't you come back in two weeks, let us get settled, and we'll start a neighborhood Bible study. Never in his wildest dreams, almost 48 years ago, did he ever think that was gonna be the start of a church. But, but our living room got so full, there's like 28 people in the living room. And then they started another Bible study across the street in the other neighborhood. And, and in 1975, September 15th, 1975, they put those two Bible studies together that began in two different homes. And that began what is now Valley Christian Church today. 45 years ago. So this is, this is in our, not only is it in our DNA just as Christians, First 300 years of Christianity, Christians were not allowed to own property, like to buy a church, church building. But Christianity spread like wildfire house to house. It's not only in our spiritual DNA, this is literally in the DNA of who we are, Valley family. Microsite 
strategy, ancient future faith. So it's kind of like we're going back to the future as we begin to open up valley. Let me give you a couple of examples in the Bible. It's just so, it, it's so prominent and it just proliferates all of the New Testament. Philemon chapter one, verse two, it says, an Epaphria and a sister, Acropius, our fellow soldier and the church, that, uh, and the church in their house. Look at another one. How did I, uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 20. Paul is speaking here, he goes, how I did not shrink from declaring you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house. Look at another one. Acts chapter five, verse 42. And every day in the temple and where? From house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. House to house, this is how the church, this is the way the church functioned, the Christian church, for the first three centuries of Christianity. No one was allowed, it was a persecuted church. No one was allowed to own property. So where did they meet? In homes. And Christianity multiplied and grew like wildfire. That's when this phrase, when I believe God just put this in my heart, in my mind, eight months ago, rapid multiplication strategy. Well, you know what? Because I have these degrees and study theology and understand the Bible, immediately it took me to house-to-house church. Microsites, we're calling them, kind of more 21st century sounding. Microsites. Look at the next one, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 19. The churches of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla, or Priscilla, some translations, together with the church in their home, in their house, send you a hearty greeting in the Lord. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Remember what Jesus said? Doesn't this like sound a little bit different right now? For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among you. Jesus said two or three, not two or three hundred, and listen, I get it. I love it. It's cool. I'm a pastor. It's cool, you know, getting, you know, a big, huge crowd in a building, you know, two or three hundred at a time. Or, or, or when we have Easter at the Bardavon, seats 900 and we fill that place up two times over. That's really awesome. But realize this, when we do that, even Sunday, two or three hundred, we are experiencing something that Christians for the first 300 years, the first three centuries of Christianity never experienced. Never. In fact, it's a very modern phenomenon. Big, huge groups of hundreds, even thousands of people. And I get it. I'm a pastor. That's cool looking out and seeing all those faces. But the Apostle Paul never looked out and saw 300 people. Jesus, you know, when he said, I'll build my church, he wasn't talking about wooden beams and lighting and, and things like that. House to house. House to house. So it was like back to the future. This ancient future faith is what we're talking about. Jesus said we're two or three individuals. There I am in the midst. Colossians chapter 4, verse 15. Give my greetings, Paul saying to the church of Colossae, give my greetings to the brothers uh, at Laodicea and Nymphia and the church in her house. Also, by the way, you may be struck with how many house churches were in the homes of a woman. The woman was responsible for the house church. The whole, whole idea of like uh, male chauvinism, all, all that stuff. Listen, it ain't in the Bible, y'all. That, that, that's an agenda being pressed in the scripture. That's not it. The women in huge, influential, 
places of leadership in the Christian church right on the pages of Scripture over and over and over and over and over again. Women playing a key role in leadership of the Christian church house to house. And so it's so important that we understand this. The church is not a building but a body. The church is not a building, it's a body. Uh, again, if, if Apostle Paul, you know, if he walked in today and, 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 or, or he was in your home and you're like, listen, I can't wait till we can go to church, he'd be like, what are you talking about? That would make no sense to him whatsoever. The Apostle Peter, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If you said to Peter, I'm going to church, he's like, you're out of your mind. That makes no sense. Because the church is not a building. The church is a body. This, this, this building is a tool just like this phone is a tool. Just like the camera that I'm talking to is a tool. But that camera is not the church. This phone is not the church. This building is not the church. The church is a body. It's really, really important that we understand this because it's not only in our spiritual DNA, Valley Family. This is in our church DNA. This is in our roots. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 makes it perfectly clear. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So, Here at 1072 Route 82, this is not the church any more than the home that I live in is the Williamsons. That's where the Williamsons live. 1072 Route 82 is where one of the places that the Valley family meets or gathers. But this is not the church. This is where we gather. But we can gather anywhere. And we can gather in homes. Just like the early church did. Because I believe one of the things that we found the most, I mean, thank God for the technology. Thank God for online campus. But one of the things that I've missed the most is is what the Bible calls fellowship. It's the Greek word koinonia. And that's where we're actually sharing with each other. No Zoom fatigue but where we can actually, you know, the difference between praying for someone and praying with someone. Huge difference praying with someone when you're looking at them face to face. And so let me just answer some questions. What are microsites? What is a microsite? A microsite is a gathering of people who are committed to glorifying God by helping equip people to change their world. It embraces the four key values, core values of Valley Christian Church. You know them. We've talked on this back in September, whole series. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Those are our core values. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. And it keeps Valley's name, it keeps Valley's logo, growth track, and remains under Valley's pastoral care. Now, even this week... The governor allowed, has now allowed for religious gatherings of 10 or less people. And that's what microsites, as I've been working on it for eight months, is all about for 10 or less people 
gathering together, watching the online campus together, praying together with one another, and then going their separate ways. Think about, it's like a watch party. And there's a lot of details about this that we've been training, as I said, uh, and, and, and real excited about because the governor gave the okay. It doesn't matter phase one, anything like that, but groups of 10 can meet for religious services as long as they're, at this point, they're saying as long as the, they wear masks and they practice social distancing, groups of 10 can meet together. And so we have launching we're working so hard behind the scenes, so excited about We have between 30 and 40 microsites that we'll be launching the first Sunday in June. Think about that for just a minute. Because of coronavirus, Valley Christian Church has gone from three locations to 40. 40. We have microsite leaders that are going to be coming online on June the 7th in Dutchess County, Putnam County, Westchester County and Orange County already that have committed to do it. Already, four counties, just rapid multiplication strategy, the way they did it in the New Testament for the first 300 years of the Christian church. Man, if that don't get you excited, I don't know what will. We're not pushing against federal guidelines, state guidelines, or even local guidelines. We are cooperating with everything federal, state, and local officials are saying, but we're certainly going to take advantage of what they're saying and the freedom that is now allowed. And so that's what microsites are. Where can microsites be started? A microsite can be started anywhere at any time by anyone who meets the basic requirements in order to lead one. And then that begs the next question, well, who can lead a microsite? A microsite leader has to be a member of Valley Christian Church or partner, we call them, who fully embraces our church culture. Uh, you, you may be someone who feels like maybe one day you're called, you know, God's calling you to full-time ministry, or you may just be passionate about creating an expression of Valley Christian Church right where you live. And, and prospective leaders uh, can complete what we call microsite leadership training. And, and last weekend, uh, last weekend alone, for two, over two hours, I personally on Zoom calls trained about 35 different families to lead these microsites. Last week, just in preparation for that. How big is God? How big is God that we're not trying to figure out what to do? God spoke in October Rapid multiplication strategy. He knew. This is not a surprise to him. He knew. And so we're not scrambling. We're not scratching our heads. What should we do now? You know, it may be a long, it may be a much, much longer time before we're allowed to have a, a, a service in this building with two or 300 people. It may be months and months and months. But just because the building's closed, the church is not closed. Because the church is not a building. The church is a body. And so this is our strategy, this is our plan. Beginning in June, beginning the first Sunday in June as we launch between 30 and 40 microsites, Dutchess County, Orange County, Ulster County, Westchester County, and also Putnam County. What's the next step? What's the next step? Well, if you're excited, maybe you're, you're hearing this for the first time, like, I'd like to do that. One of the things we're not going to do, we're not going to go over that 10 under any circumstances. The governor said 
10 is the limit, we're gonna stay 10 or under. 11's too much. So it's your family and maybe it's just one more family. Maybe you already have, we're a multi-generational church. Maybe you can't even have all your family come to your house. It'd be over 10 that are just actually in your family that attend Valley. But, but maybe you've got room. Maybe it's just two of you or three of you and you have room for seven. So invite a neighbor. Invite a friend. And we're working out all the technology on the backside and we've come up with some great solutions that are just gonna help you. If you're interested and maybe this is the first time you're hearing about it, uh, I'm gonna explain to you how you can actually contact us and say, I, I'm, I'm interested in receiving training because we think there's gonna be a whole second wave of microsites as well. It may go up to 50 or 60 microsites here uh, you know, in the next month or so. But the initial wave is gonna be between 30 or 40 that have already committed and received training already received training. Some are getting that training this week, even as we speak. And so we put together a 14-page comprehensive training manual that, that I go through with potential leaders for microsites. I'm so excited about this. You know why I'm excited about it? Because this wasn't an idea Greg Williamson had. This, this, was, a, this was a download back in October. And what's crazy is I, I talked to, I shared with several people, even back in October, this whole idea of microsites. And then it was like when I heard about opening up America, I was like, I just felt like God say, that rapid multiplication strategy, it's not for three or four years from now. It's for right now. I didn't even know the governor was gonna say 10 or under. Didn't even know that. Oh yeah, that was this week. We've already been planning on it for over six weeks microsites of 10 and under, and then our governor this week, I'm allowing religious services 10 and under only. We're ready, we're ready. So what's the ultimate goal of microsites? Well, a couple things. First of all, to create fellowship during isolation, because this is the one thing you can't get looking at a screen, is fellowship. You can't get that. This, this is one of, the, actually, by the way, this whole idea of Christian fellowship is one of the biggest statistical predictors of spiritual growth. When you have growing, vibrant friendships, Christ-centered friendships, you'll grow faster. That's why we're not a church with small groups. We are a church of small groups. That's where the spiritual growth happens. That's why we've continued to have them online through all of this. Look at it in Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 42 and 46. It said, and this is, again, how the church started, Acts chapter 2. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You're going to get it through our online campus. Fellowship and the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. Watch this. The Lord's Supper and prayer. They worshiped together at the temple each day and met in homes. What'd they do? Lord's Supper in homes. They even had communion in homes together and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Now listen, we know this isn't for everyone. Say we have 40, like I said, it's between 30 and 40. Like we can only accommodate about 400 people. The Valley family is over 1,500 right now before we even went into this. But, but we know for some that are at risk, some that like, oh no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not sure that's for me right now. Uh, but we can accommodate a huge percentage of the Valley family. It's like, I'm ready for this. I'm missing fellowship. And we believe there are gonna be more that are gonna be coming online as well. But we're gonna continue our online campus showings just the way that we are right now so that you can continue to worship just the way that you are and join us just the way you are right now. But, but I believe for, for a, 
a number of folks are going to be like, no, I just missed that fellowship. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join a microsite. Just a small group, less than 10, 10 or less. And, and I'm going to begin to have a, can I put it this way, a fuller valley experience. So the ultimate goal of microsites is create fellowship during isolation. Here's the second thing. Multiply ministry opportunities. Multiply ministry opportunities. And again, this is what's so cool is this thrills me is the training I've been able to do through Zoom in the middle of all this. And some are new leaders in our church that said, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do it. But between 80 families already have heard about it and between 30 and 40 of those families, over half of them, I'm willing to open up my home for maybe another family, another few people, keeping it under 10, to provide a better valley experience, fellowship to others. Giving more opportunity, multiplying ministry opportunities. And, and this is what my job is as a pastor. This is what every pastor's job is to do, what, what, what I'm talking about. Look at what the Bible says, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 2. Now these are the gifts that Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. What's our responsibility? To do all the work? No. Look at what it says. Their responsibility is to equip God's people. That's you. Yeah, you. To equip God's people to do his work and build the church, the body of Christ. There it is. Could it be any more simple than that? Could I put it this way? For Valley Christian Church, I'm the head coach. I'm the head coach. I'm not the owner. The owner's Jesus. And, and, and you know, he can fire me anytime he wants to. He owns it because he bought it in his blood. But I'm the head coach. And, and the staff, the pastoral staff, who are we? We're the coaching staff to give more opportunity for ministry, to put the ministry, equip God's people to do his work. That's our responsibility right up here, right up here, to build the church, the body of Christ. And so ultimate goals, create fellowship during isolation, multiply ministry opportunities, which, by the way, is the second biggest statistical predictor of spiritual growth. When a Christian, when someone puts their faith in Christ, they begin to develop Christ-centered relationships and then roll up their sleeves and start serving. It's the new normal. It's the new normal. Ancient, future faith, living it out the way they used to. Give it to them Give the ministry away in the microsites. So excited about this. Third, ultimate goal is to inspire people in next steps, to take next steps. A major goal of microsites is to constantly invite people to pray, to share with each other what's going on in their life. You know, giving, being generous is a part. Uh, reposting a message. If this message right now, if, if you're like, holy cow, I can't believe my church family's doing this. This is the most exciting thing I've ever heard. Share this message. Share it on Facebook right now. Share it on Twitter. Sh share it. Share it away. Back to the future. We're just doing it the way it worked the first 300 years of Christianity. Growth track, we're making also available as of June the 7th. Growth track, if you haven't gone through it, is going to be completely an online experience. We're putting into your hands because we believe so much in it. Put a huge amount of hours into putting our growth track online. 
We'll have small groups coming online as well. And, and whenever they lift the limit from 10, maybe they lift it to 25 or something like that, you know what we're going to be able to do at that point? <laughs> Backyard baptisms. <laughs> How about that? Whatever the limit is, we're going to work under it. And you know what? God's going to bless us because of it because we're loving our neighbor as ourselves. We're not going to put anybody at risk. We're loving our neighbor as ourselves. We have all kinds of sanitation guidelines, you know, how, how our leaders are going to be using sanitation guidelines put forth by the CDC to make these safe places for everybody. And, and as the limits grow, then we can baptize people in pools and backyards. Man, that gets me excited. We don't have to ha- wait till we can have a service with several hundred people in this building in order to baptize. Inspire people to next steps. I mean, look at it, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, and the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him. See, it's a process. It's steps. We always talk about what are the next steps in valley. Make us more and more like him as we're changed into his glorious image. That, that's why who I was yesterday is not who I will be tomorrow because of what God's doing in my life today process steps we're all taking the next step and then finally big goal is to sustain a weekly rhythm for the valley family through our microsites you know eventually we're going to resume sunday services when they're allowed and we don't want people falling out of the habit of of gathering together for church Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 is what the Bible says. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. It just sounds like microsites, doesn't it? Because that's what they were doing, meeting in homes. Especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. People ask me, you know, do you think Jesus is coming back soon? And, and, and I was like, I don't know, but I think it's sooner than it was yesterday. <laughs> sooner than it was a year ago. We're always getting closer to Jesus' return. Let me end with this. And maybe you've got more questions and, and we'll be rolling out more and more information about microsites. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5. It says, God himself has prepared us for this. Let me just say it again. God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us the Holy Spirit. Listen, Valley family. God himself has prepared Valley for this. God has prepared Valley for this. I had no idea eight months ago, right down here, and is it any wonder It was after Saturday morning prayer for an hour. A sweet couple that had driven from Manhattan just to pray at 8 a.m. asked me the question, you ever thought about a valley campus in Manhattan? No, no, never have, but I'll pray about it. And then the next 24 hours, I just felt like God say, develop a rapid multiplication strategy. Which we now, it's exactly what we're, it's microsites. 
God has prepared valley for this. We were made for this valley. It's in our church DNA, house church. It's in our spiritual DNA, the first 300 years of Christianity. Even as a persecuted church and the Roman Empire could not stomp it out. Christian faith toppled the Roman Empire. Absolutely amazing. The power of a small group of people committed to one another, a part of the larger group, microsite, valley family, living out the pages of the New Testament. Man, that gets me fired up. That gets me fired up. Like I said, we're not going to start our, stop our online campus. You know, if you're not comfortable, that's fine. We understand that. But, but I think many are going to, we want to gather with maybe one other family as a microsite under the, the banner and the pastoral care and covering and the training from Valley Christian Church. And we want to gather together and experience together Valley Online during this time when it's allowed, 10 or less. And we've got other stages of this as, other, as, as the limits are raised on how many can gather together. We've got other stages to roll out of this strategy as well for microsites. Right now, I just want to show you, this is the website. Check out this page on our church website, valleyny.cc slash microsites. A lot of what I've shared in this message is on there. It's been on there for a while. Uh, you can actually as well, if, if, if you're listening to this, you're like, you know what? I'd like to lead one of those. I'd like to be considered. I'd like to go through the training and, and be considered to lead a microsite. Uh, there's a form right there. You can click on that. Give us your information. And one of the people on staff will get back to you about that. And, and we'll set up and, and just begin to talk to you about what the steps are there. But uh, I, I'm so thrilled. <laughs> And it's kind of spooky and scary to me, like, that God eight months ago was speaking that clearly. It's, it's clearer now than it was then. All I remember was that conversation on Saturday morning. And then 24 hours later, that phrase, rapid multiplication strategy. And this crisis has accelerated progress. And it's time. It's time, beginning in June, first Sunday in June, for the Valley family to go back to the future. <laughs> that, that we would begin to ancient future faith, live out ancient future faith. So many of us in homes, meeting together, 10 or less, and growing spiritually. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, first of all, Lord, I just thank you for your guidance. Thank you for your direction. Lord, where you guide, where you lead, we will listen and we will walk as a Valley family. And so, Father, I thank you for these leaders that already stepped forward, almost 40 different families, saying we would be willing to host a microsite. And, Lord, I just pray for your continued wisdom and guidance. Lord, as we continue to work behind the scenes to prepare, to make a place for people that are longing for fellowship, longing for those Christ-centered relationships that will help them continue to grow in their relationship with you and relationship with others. 
And God, I pray just that we would have courage and boldness, Lord, to just embrace, to hear your word, Lord, and just to live it out. Thank you for a strategic plan, rapid multiplication strategy that you downloaded, that we've embraced. And Lord, we believe our community will be impacted as a result. In Jesus' name, amen.